Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 99. Royal Caribbean's cruise ship set the scene for a great vacation from the moment you step on board with their beautiful design, artwork, and sound. All over the ship, you can hear music that helps set the mood for the area you're in, and it's a subtle yet important aspect of what makes Royal Caribbean ships so much fun. This week, I'm joined by the people that have worked on Royal Caribbean's onboard sound since 2007 as we take an inside look at how the music you hear all over Royal Caribbean's ship is picked, played, and organized. It's a fascinating look at how music makes your cruise that much more fun. Here we go. What makes a Royal Caribbean cruise so enjoyable is that it's more than just a floating hotel. Royal Caribbean designs its cruise ships to be an immersive experience from stem to stern. This includes the colorful decor, the beautiful art, as well as the music we hear all over the ship. The onboard music guest here is created by music designers that try to capture the moment a guest walks by with the music that fits that moment. There's a blend of traditional classics and contemporary favorites with hand-picked Italian, Spanish, French, English, and Asian selections. And this week, I had the honor of speaking with a number of uh, talented folks from Mood Media Corporation. Mood has been provided the sound for Royal Caribbean ships in 220 distinct zones across 12 ships since 2007, including the brand new Quantum Class ships. So I'd like to welcome to the show Jamie Betancourt, Juan Pablo Restrepo, and Eric Martinez. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Glad to join. Welcome. Ahoy there. Um, now, I have to warn our listeners, we're about to head into some serious cruise nerd talk here because I find it really intriguing to discuss the, the thought process, essentially, behind the onboard music guests here you know, as they're walking throughout the ship. I think this is something that I'm, I'm sure myself included, you just take for granted. You just assumed it was DJ MP3, but there's actually a lot more to this. So let's start with a really simple question, Jamie. Why is overhead music important to a guest? The best part about the partnership between Mood and Royal Caribbean is that Royal Caribbean really, they value the importance of creating a holistic cruise experience for their guests that truly touches all the sensory touch points for their, for their guests. And they're considered to be what's called a, a smart ship. And so that extends beyond technology. It's about smart design and creating smart experiences for their guests. So they wanted to utilize this space throughout the day to create different experiences. And music was one of the components that they used to create that type of a change. So the music had to be right for every single area. You spoke about all the different zones, and music was an integral piece of, of creating that experience. So when we're talking about music, are we talking about music I'd hear on the radio? Is it music that is in the international section of, of a CD store? Um, you know, Tell us a little bit about the, the selection process, and what's the process for picking music for a particular zone? Sure. So the music really straddles the line between familiar mainstream pop and some hip indie pop to convey this exhilaration and, and adventure. So the tracks, its original content, it's, it's really featuring Seize the Day type of lyrics and a feeling of momentum from artists like uh, the Tantrums, U2, and Coldplay. I'll let you know Juan and, and Eric speak a little bit more about the specific content that they selected. But one of the great the great thing that Royal Caribbean allowed us to do is um, Juan and Eric were able to walk the ship and experience the ship with their marketing team. They, they were able to experience the space, and specifically in some of the restaurants, it was 
you know, what food are they serving? What are the place settings? What are the waiters wearing? So we're able to get that real holistic experience as we were selecting the songs. So um, in one of the specific area, or specific restaurants called Wonderland, um, they literally sat down and selected song by song by design to create that magical experience to, to set the mood. Speaking of the quantum class, since that's uh, obviously what you guys have been working on most recently, and maybe you know Juan or Eric Fittler to jump in here. One of the place I noticed the music, the overhead music, in almost immediately was in the Via, which is the area on the Royal Promenade that's between 270 and and the Promenade itself. It's that area where you have all those TVs with really, I guess you'd describe it as kind of the, a lot of nature-looking views, and there's obviously a lot of art in that area. But the the music was very uh, earthy and kind of I would I hate to like label label anything like new age because it, it, I think it has a negative connotation these days but you know it's it's this very like light not lighthearted but like very you know uplifting kind of music I'm, I'm not sure I'm probably not doing this justice but can you guys talk about kind of the the process for picking you know this kinds of tunes and how you kind of do it I mean is this just a matter of going through iTunes until you find something that that suits is this like you guys walk in and everybody like bam this is definitely going to be you know, a, a, a police song. I mean, tell us a little bit about kind of what your thoughts were. Well, you described it well in that, in that specific zone, it is relaxing music. It is earthy. Um, we want folks to relax, to enjoy themselves. Um, in that part of the, in that part of the ship, they're just getting there. They need to sort of, you know, unwind and, 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 and get into the mood. Um, but when you start to explore the ship, you will find, sounds that match the area where, where they're at. Uh, for example, the Boleros area uh, is going to have Spanish music. Uh, their French restaurant, La Patisserie, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is going to have French bistro sounds. Uh, as we alluded to before, Wonderland has specific music to match that atmosphere. Yeah, regarding uh, Wonderland, but I am uh, the, the music designer for that uh, specific restaurant. The concept was very clear from uh, from the client. They want something cinematic. They had this this special place where the food is um, kind of um, it, it has a certain technique and uh, of, of preparing their their, their 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 food. So they want to recreate all that with a cinematic background. So that's why we. We try to have that that kind of uh, approach when looking for music. It's uh, mostly instrumental, um, and uh, and uh, that was a challenge, I have to say. But it's uh, I think we got you know we 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 did the perfect place for that for that type of reference. And uh, on my part, and I think uh, it, it, uh, you know I feel very very happy of what we did for for them. Interesting. You know, Juan, you mentioned something that about, you know, working with Royal Caribbean and kind of them giving you some impetus, essentially, to the music selections. How much input does Royal Caribbean give you in terms of musical selection? Does, I mean, do you have kind of free reign or do you like, does someone tell you, you know, Royal Caribbean chairman Richard Fain really likes Eric Clapton, so maybe you guys should include that. I mean, where's the, where's the line there? Well, one of the, one of the great things about working with Royal Caribbean is that they were very enthusiastic as far as putting music on their ships. Uh, both Juan Pablo and I really enjoy our jobs. We get to program music, we get to listen to music all day. We're, we're, we're passionate about music. 
And when we walked into the recruiting offices, we saw that passion mirror. They wanted something very specific, something to make their customers happy, their, their uh, clients happy. Um, and they were very, very enthusiastic. They weren't just, well, you know, you guys put on whatever. And, you know, they took part in, 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 in dissecting what we had to offer and offering very solid opinion. Their enthusiasm was contagious. And that's what made this project so fun. And uh, we look forward to continuing to work with them very, very much. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things with clients where they have a strong point of view and what they're trying to create and then leveraging us as kind of the, the music experts and helping them translate what kind of experience and what sort of memories they want to create and then kind of having us translate that through music. Interesting. How often do you update the musical selections, if at all? Um, it, it depends, you know. It depends for, let's say that we're with these programs, we're more or less in a 90 days, 90 days update. We're, we're more or less on, on, on that day, 90 days. When, when I'm making my best music mix at home, which is obviously I'm not a professional at all, you try to, you know, I always try to like, you know, m- match songs that kind of lend into each other, right? So the softer songs are, you know, are together and then the, the fast paced songs are together. So sort of like that. Is that, is that kind of how you guys mix the songs together or is it more about telling kind of a, almost a story with the, with the subject matter of the songs? Um, I mean, tell us a little bit about the, the process of kind of arranging the songs together. We try to make it a comfortable blend. Um, there's a music programming saying, uh, if a song is really fast and all of a sudden a slow song comes after that, it's called a train wreck. And we try to avoid train wrecks because we want the sound to be comfortable. We want it to be accessible to the individuals who are there. It's, it's a very unique atmosphere that we're creating because the folks that are on the cruise ship are there to relax, are there to chill out, are there to just have a good time. And we want them to have that good time uh, echoed in the soundtrack that's, that's listen, that, 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 that they're listening to. And we're also, believe it or not, we're also keeping in the crew members in mind. We want them to, you know, they, they got to work there. They, they, they got to listen to the same music. We're trying to make the music good for them as well because we want them to also uh, enjoy what they're listening to and to have a good attitude towards the plants that they're serving. And one other thing that for, for us is trying to reflect always a positive experience to music. That's, that's one of the, the other latest things, so the, the big points when you're designing and playing it. You know, you want to you create um, a, a positive impact in Makes sense. I like it. And real quick, Eric, you mentioned the crew. Is there is there onboard music for in the crew areas? There is onboard music in the crew in the crew area. Again, meant to be music that's uh, invigorating. That's uh, maybe uh, uh, you know inspired might be too strong a word, but music that's going to keep people going. You know, they're there uh, in a work atmosphere. They have to maintain a, a, a good attitude, obviously. They are folks we don't want to forget. You know, we understand that they're there all the time. That It's actually their home for, for a large portion of the year. So we want to make sure they're having a good experience, too. We mentioned earlier, your company has worked on a few different Royal Caribbean ships going back to 2007. 
Can you discuss the differences music-wise between the classes of ship? Is there a difference, or do you just kind of approach, you know, the the Freedom class and or the Oasis class the same as you approach, say, the Quantum class, which you just worked on? I think that each ship we're learning something new from the company and from the experiences that that they're providing. So we really try to take each project as a new project. We don't want a carbon copy every single every single ship. So every time we put music on a new ship, we, we get new feedback, we get new thoughts. Um, we try to make each ship uh, somewhat unique. Uh, just like within the ship, there's areas that are unique. So I think we try to learn from each project and then uh, program the music thusly. Makes sense. Last question for you guys. Let's. Uh, Juan mentioned Wonderland. He worked on that, but I'm going to give you guys a chance here. If you had, a, and maybe this is like picking between your favorite child, but if you guys had to go to one spot on, say, the Quantum class right now, and you had to pick an area that you guys, you really, you know, you could sit there and listen to the music. You really, it really stands out in your mind as something you really enjoyed. We'll start with you, Eric. What would be, what would be your pick? Uh, boy, that's a really really good question. Um, when we when we were on the ship. Uh, there were there are so many. Not only were there so many nice areas, so many unique areas within the ship, but like we were talking about before, the, the crew was so accommodating and so friendly. Uh, it's tough to pick one. If I had to pick one, I like Silk uh, a lot. It's an Asian restaurant. The music there is is kind of chill. There's an Asian uh, aspect to it, but it's not completely Asian. There's a mix of contemporary chill music. Uh, it's very relaxing. It's very sophisticated, which reflects the attitude of that of that restaurant, the atmosphere of that restaurant. Uh, very, very, very classy, very upscale, very sophisticated. And when I walked in there, the food was great, by the way, and, and, and so. But when I walked in there, the music and the atmosphere melded perfectly. Awesome, Juan. And for me, I have to say, well. I already spoke about Wonderland, and, and, and for me, that's my favorite. But I also like the um, Michael's Genuine Club. Um, it's a great selection of uh, classic jazz from the you know, 50s and 60s. It's a great selection of jazz classics and some of modern jazz. But that's a great, it's a pop, so it's a, it's a great atmosphere. That's probably, you know, the other thing that I think is one of my favorites. Cool. Jamie, what about you? What's your uh, pick, if you had to go right now on the ship, for favorite musical area? Well, I, I kind of told you mine already, which was with Wonderland. And what I love about it is, you know, it's, it's not what you're going to expect. It has kind of that innovative twist and kind of that magical experience. So not only is the decor just gorgeous and, and exciting, but it just gives you... It's the the content of the music just really sets the mood in, in the right way. So I would I would say that's that's mine. Absolutely, great choices all around, guys. Thank you so much for joining us and, and talking a little bit about the music behind Royal Caribbean. Thank you, as always, for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. You know, I, I say it every week, or I try to say it every week, and it's honestly the truth i love how much fun it is to do this podcast it's all because of you guys so i really appreciate each and every one of you and i also want to make sure that each and every one of you are aware of some things coming up first and foremost next week on july 1st i know it's already july right wow july 1st 8 p.m eastern time we're going to be having our 100th episode live show spectacular 
I'm not sure if it'll be spectacular, but it'll be it'll be a live show. It'll be a lot of fun, actually, and I'm really hoping you'll be able to join us for it. Basically, I'm going to record the podcast live, and you can listen and watch me, but you can also call in, and you can talk about anything on your mind. You can call in about the topic that we're discussing. You can talk about perhaps the kind of thing we might talk about in our email segment, which is coming up here in just a little bit. Or just call in and say hello. You know, it's just that's what makes it so much fun is that we get to be we get to talk Royal Caribbean together. It's not even virtually. It's actually going to be real live, and I really hope you'll be able to join us for it. So it's next Wednesday at eight p.m. and just go to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com basically on that Wednesday. So that show for that week, by the way, will if you go on in the morning or afternoon, the show won't be there because we're going to be recording it live that evening, and then that week's episode will be posted a little later, either late Wednesday or perhaps Thursday morning, but. It will be there, but we're going to record it live, and I want you to be a part of it. as many of you as possible. Boy, it's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you check it out. RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com on Wednesday, July 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern. And I re- I'm hoping we get to have a lot of people there. I cannot wait for that. Now, speaking of you, I also want to make sure I send some shout-outs to people who have taken the time to write these great reviews on iTunes of the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast. It's a these reviews really help other people find the podcast, and, and I really do appreciate it. So if you take the time to write them, I'll take the time to read them for you. And we're going to start with, an e- with a review, actually, from a good friend of mine, Monorail Medic Bill. And Bill writes, I'm an avid cruiser, though my first Royal Caribbean sailing won't be until the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise in February 2016. And, like many others, if I'm not on a cruise, the next best thing I can do is listen to or discuss cruising while imagining my next. Matt's show is informative, interactive, and he has a great site. Bonus, listen at home and participate in the Royal Caribbean blog podcast drinking game. Take a shot every time Matt uses the expression, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I think I've only said that a couple of times. So I'm not sure that's really a great idea for a drinking game, but more power to you, Billy. Thank you very much. We also have a review from Penn1993, where I admit it, if there is a group therapy for cruise addicts, I would ask to sign up. I spent a little bit of my days dreaming and planning our next Royal Caribbean cruise, much to my husband's concern. Discovering Matt's blog probably didn't help, but listening to his many podcasts has been an invaluable resource of information and my solace to what I know now consider a dreary land life. By the way, thank you for answering my questions. I felt a brief moment of fame when my name was mentioned as I toiled away in my garden. Matt, I appreciate these weekly breaks from reality with you, and I thoroughly enjoy and look forward to each new podcast. Keep it up. Thank you, and thank you to everyone who's left these amazing reviews, guys. You're the best. Love it. Thank you. Let's go to our emails, and we have an email from Jared Marduz, who writes, Hi, Matt. I am not new to cruising, but am new to your podcast. It's nice to know there are other Royal Caribbean geeks out there. Better onboard internet service seems to be the new focus by Royal Caribbean, with the 11 OS now installed on all ships. Do you know if there is or will be any ability to communicate with others on board via text or email without buying the internet package or... In an alternative, is there some kind of limited communication package? I look forward to your thoughts and new episodes of the podcast. This is a good email, Jared. We've had a lot of actually emails over, I would say, the last year, in fact, about people asking, how do I communicate? Because you're going on a cruise. You know, it's, it's a big ship. Even if you're going on, say, a Radiance or a Vision class ship, which only holds, what, you know, 2,500 people, right? That's a lot of people. It's, it's I mean, you go to your local mall, which has a fraction of that. Good luck finding somebody, right? If you don't know where they are. So on a cruise ship, a lot of people have this concern. How do I find somebody? How do I how do I tell you know my my brother, my my parent, my kids, or whoever, you know, I'm going to be somewhere at this time, or we're going here now. You know, if you want to meet us, otherwise we'll be going here. You know, how do you communicate? These are the kind of concerns people have. And the answer for a long time was there really wasn't a good answer. People will talk about walkie talkies, but I've always found that they don't really work very well. They're disruptive to other guests, and also they just don't 
with the, with the interference between the radar and just the metal, because the ship is literally just made of, you know, metal all around, it's very hard to get the signal out. So it was never really a great idea, in my opinion. On top of that, you the other options that were available to you were just either way too expensive or just not available. These days, though, you're right. One of the advents Royal Caribbean has really put into its ships has been a new internet package and communication software on its newest ships, on the Quantum class ships and on the Oasis class ships with the uh, new internet service, which of course uh, we've talked a little bit about that and it's been mentioned here and there, but that's the new high-speed internet provided by O3B and there are these new satellites that provide really fast internet. It's worked really well when I was on Quantum of the Seas both times. And I, so the thing with that is A, it's only limited to those ships I mentioned and B, it even further requires a, a new app called Royal IQ that Royal Caribbean's put out there and Royal IQ has built-in chat and calling functionality. Essentially, once you're on board and you're on Royal Caribbean's network, you can chat and make calls through the app on your smartphone, but this is limited right now to iOS devices and Android devices, which basically is the majority of the population, vast majority of the population, I should say. And thus far, it's been free. They have not, there is, it looks like there's the option for them to charge for it in the future, but every time I've been on and everything I've heard is that it's always been $0.00. And zero cents, so you just agree to buy something for $0.00 and, zero cents and boom, it's activated. And the chat works pretty well. The phone I've tried a couple times, but I always just use like, the, t- the chat is basically like text messaging. It's pretty simple. There is also another option, which of course you could just buy the internet package in and of itself, which costs extra money, but then you can use the the app of your choice if you use WhatsApp or uh, whatever, you know, messaging software that you prefer on your phone. You can also do that as well. The thing though is this is also limited to those ships I mentioned. So on other ships, you really don't have those options. And in the, unfortunately, the internet service can be kind of slow. I've said the best option on the older ships, I think, is still if you get the internet package and if you have a phone that supports a messaging application like the iPhone has, you can it has the iMessage app, which is the built-in messaging. It's that one, basically, if you're an iPhone user, it's that blue icon as opposed to your, t- your messages looking like green icons. Blue indicates iMessage. Anyway, you can use that, and that's worked pretty well, uh, in my experience at least. But the thing is, to answer your question directly, Jared, that upgrade with Royal IQ and all that will not go to other ships until the other ships get the high-speed internet. Without it, it's fairly useless because of the bandwidth requirements, and they're not going to roll something out like that to other ships. So the advent of 11OS, which is the company that Royal Caribbean is partnered with, yes, that's a good step forward, and it's going to help the ships that can take advantage of the high-speed internet. But until that high-speed internet goes beyond the Quantum and Oasis class, which right now we haven't heard anything that Royal Caribbean is looking to expand, you know, beyond that, they've. Met, I, I think it's safe to say that when ships like Ovation of the Seas and Harmony of the Seas come on board, they're going to have it. But there's no indication that they're going to be retroactively pushing this back to the Freedom class or the Voyager class or the Vision class, and etc. So, uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to hold your breath a little bit longer for some of those other ships. So, but thank you for the email, Jared. Appreciate you reaching out to us. Next up is an email from Carl from New Jersey. He writes, back in episode 14, you helped me choose between sailing again on the Celebrity Summit or branching out to a new cruise line and trying out the Explorer of the Seas. I just realized that I never got around to sending an update after that we took that cruise last fall, so I figured I'd better send a quick note before you make it to recording episode 114. <laughs> Did we enjoy our first cruise in Royal Caribbean, a five-night cruise to Bermuda on Explorer of the Seas? Well, I recently booked another five-night cruise to Bermuda on Liberty of the Seas for this fall, so that should answer that question. We're going to continue to sail on other cruise lines, too. We have booked for the next spring on another cruise line. That cruise line is owned by the company that also runs a theme park in Orlando that your other podcast covers. New Star Wars-themed area, and the kids love how cool is that? But we are certainly going to continue to sail on Royal Caribbean in the future. 
Thanks for continuing to record this great podcast. I appreciate the feedback, Carl. It's good to know. And you know what? The other thing is, it's okay to try other cruise lines. I don't think it's a problem. I'm hoping you're going to come and see the light someday, so to speak, and come on back and, and be loyal to Royal for the time being. But, you know, I, I certainly I started out that way. My first, I want to say, couple cruises were on Disney Cruise Line. And then we sailed with Royal quite a bit. And then my parents wanted to take a family cruise, and they were paying. And we went on a Norwegian Cruise Line. And hey, if I'm not paying, I'm not going to question it, right? But, you know, one of the things that it, it helps is it's like dating absence makes the heart grow fonder right it's <laughs> you, you go on other cruise lines and they all have their their merits no question about it the Royal Caribbean is not perfect but what I found was you know while I might have enjoyed myself on another cruise line I found that there were things that I liked about Royal Caribbean better and I think that overall I enjoy the Royal Caribbean experience better and and that brought me back and I'm hope I'm I have to say hoping because I don't want you to have a bad time, Carl, but I, I think long term you may come to the same conclusion that I did and many others as well because I think most people that have been become you know real Royal Caribbean fans will tell you they tried the other lines out there. It's a natural thing to do. You, you discover cruising is something that's fun. It's like, wow, let me go try cruising and you don't care necessarily about the company and you kind of branch out and try a couple different ones, but eventually you kind of come to a conclusion that one, one company in particular is kind of up your alley, the kind that you really prefer and enjoy. For whatever reason, there's different reasons for everybody, but I think that it's going to be a conclusion you're going to come to, and, I, and I'm hoping that decision is is Royal Caribbean because I think you've, I hope you'll you'll come to the same realization that I did about what Royal Caribbean offers and, and that balance. I always talk about why do I choose Royal Caribbean. I love the balance they offer in terms of what you pay, what you get, the onboard experience, and just everything about it. It just really chimes. And again, other cruise lines do certain things better than Royal Caribbean, and Royal Caribbean does other things better than other cruise lines. It just comes back to that balance of you know what you're paying, what you're getting, and and just the overall experience. And and to me, it's it, you can't beat Royal Caribbean. So, good email, Carl. Thank you very much. Next, we have an email from Quentin. Who are time at? It's Quentin. We just joined the Royal Caribbean family and booked Anthem of the Seas for May 2016 to Bermuda overnight and Boston. We booked a superior ocean view with balcony on deck eight and just wanted to share the excitement and keep up the good work. By the way, any chance of you having more than one episode a week? Once a week is like going on a cruise. It's hard to wait that long. <laughs> Thank you, Quentin. I'll start with your last question. More than one episode a week? You know, I'd love to. Uh, unfortunately, the demands of home life and and uh, everything else that goes on there, I just don't think I have the time. And I want to make sure that I'm responsible and not just responsible to family and paying bills and all that. I'm talking about, I, I have to feel like whenever, whatever I do on this podcast or on this blog is a commitment to you. And if I'm telling you, hey, I'm going to do an episode once a week, you bet I'm going to have an episode out. Whether I've done one when I've been sick and <laughs> barely been able to talk and, and you know, I, I want to make sure I can commit to that. And if I, if I can't, then I, I feel like I'm letting you guys down. And so by that token, I don't want to necessarily branch out to more episodes. I'd love to. Trust me, there's nothing better more than I love just talking Royal Caribbean with all of you. But for this point, we're going to keep it at one episode a week. I think it's pretty good balance. And of course, you have lots of content on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, so make sure you're checking that out. I try to put something at least once a day. There's usually between news and and sort of the original content that I create on there. I I like to think you're going to find something in there each day, especially weekdays, to find something about cruising. So hopefully that'll tide you over between podcasts, but I appreciate the sentiment. And I also... You know, when you sent me the email about you were just excited about booking Anthem of the Seas, I know that feeling, especially one of the things we do is when, when we book a cruise, it's it's almost anticlimactic because you go through the whole process of, of you know, figuring out which one you want, you contact your travel agent, you make the booking, and, and you finally, you, you put your deposit down or maybe you make the full payment, whatever the case may be, but, and then it's like, <gasps> now what? 
now I gotta wait. <laughs> it's great because you feel great about it, and, and you're so excited for it. Alas, you have to wait for it now, and that's always the that's always the double edged sword about booking a cruise because you know it, it's so exciting, but then you begin the waiting game. But the other side of the token is, and I've said this before. Second best thing about taking a cruise is planning a cruise because in the time between when you book and when you're actually going to take the cruise, that's when I love to do a deep dive into sites like RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and and a podcast and you know listen to tropical music, whatever it is I need to do, research shore excursions, everything that I can do to kind of pass the time. But to me, that's just a lot of fun. I enjoy that aspect almost as much as taking the cruise. So I appreciate the email, Quentin. Thank you very much. Good to hear from you again. We have another email, and it is from Adam Redmond, who writes, Hi, Matt. Uh, Adam here from Dublin, Ireland. First off, the podcast and blog are excellent. It's a great dip into and excited about our upcoming cruise. Just finished listening to your formal night podcast, and I have a question. My fiance and I are booked our honeymoon for next January. We're doing Las Vegas. Ten nights cruise out of Fort Lauderdale, a southern Caribbean on Serenade, and then a couple of nights in Miami. I'm in two minds about whether to bring the suit or not because I like to dress up on formal nights, but what is the rental service on board like in terms of options and cost? Also, it's our first time cruising, and are there any offers that we should look into regarding honeymoon treats? Keep up the great work. The podcast is a wealth of information for someone like myself, and look forward to sharing our experience with you and our other listeners next year. So, good question, actually, about formal night and renting. I've always thought about doing this. I haven't done it before, but I am aware of the service. So, Royal Caribbean offers the opportunity to rent tuxedos on board. They have two packages. One is the traditional package for $89, and then there's the combination package for $99. From what I can tell, and I'm not an expert in clothing or tuxedos, it looks like the combination package for $10 or more gets you a slightly better tuxedo. Slightly better because it's only $10 more. You have the choice of four colors, black, silver, antique, gold, or red. You can also add a pair of formal tuxedo shoes for $12 or add another vest set for only $20. And this is available through Royal Caribbean. I actually post a link in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com. It's, the website is tuxedorentals.rccl.com. I'll post a link, like I said before. I've never done it before. I've not heard anything bad about it. It is available to you. There's the only downside to renting a tuxedo, I guess, is A, there's no, you're, you're essentially paying for what would have ordinarily, for $99, I don't know about Ireland, but in the United States, you can get a, a cheap suit. You know, in the United States for $99 or thereabouts, right? And that suit will last you a heck of a lot longer than one week because here you pay $99 or whatever the case may be, and then that's it. You get nothing to show for it after the cruise. So if you were to invest, say, even $200 in a suit, which I think is probably more than enough for most men that are not going, that are not wearing suits every day, that would probably be, you know, a suit you could probably wear for quite a while and certainly get your money's worth out of it. But if you're not interested in it, and of course, or if you don't want to pack for it because a suit's going to take up a lot more space, right? It's, it, there's the jacket, there's the vest, there's the, uh, you know, the the pants and, and everything, the shoes. Look, it can make your life a whole lot easier. You, you can do that and rent a tuxedo on board. I've never done it before. And the other thing is I think you're going to find that you're in the vast minority of people who are wearing quite to that level. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, it makes for great photos. And certainly people will take notice of you. There's no question about it. But I don't. I hope you're not feeling obligated if to wear a tuxedo because I just want to make it clear you definitely do not, even on formal nights, have to wear a tuxedo on any ship on Royal Caribbean's uh, fleet. But it is available to you, and it may be something that you might want to look into. So, again, check out that link if you're interested in more details about it. And then the other thing is... You had a question about honeymoon treats. That's right. So honeymoon stuff. So 
Actually, we did our honeymoon on Mariner of the Seas, and there are a number of options that you can get from the Royal Caribbean Gifts and Gear section. And once again, I will link to you in the show notes, Adam, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. You can have a link right there to the Gifts and Gear section. Basically, you can purchase a number of different things. There's decorations, there's like couples massages, there's chocolates, stuff you can Basically, there's stuff that can be delivered to your stateroom, or you can do certain services. The stateroom stuff, like we did the decorations. It was nice. I mean, you know, they put they put balloons around, streamers. They put a sign on your door, which actually, here's a little story. Someone stole our sign halfway through the cruise. I don't know if someone. All right, let me put. I don't know if someone stole it or fell off, and then someone threw it out. It was gone one day, but we told our stateroom attendant, and he got us another one. So, kudos to to them for stepping up and replacing it. But basically, add some nice decorations, and maybe you want to surprise your soon to be wife with that. Uh, that might be a nice little treat. But there are a number of different options uh, that you can choose from. Again, mostly about delivering stuff to your stadium, either be decorations or food or drink, like champagne and stuff like that. Also, you should be aware if your family or friends are looking to give you a gift for your cruise, they can do that as well. They can surprise you. All they need to know is your sale date, your name, and the ship you're going on, and they can pretty much get the rest out of there, especially if they contact Royal Caribbean. They'll be more than happy to help you, or help them, rather. Uh, buy stuff for it. So if people are listening, hey, you know, we want to give you a bottle of champagne or we want to surprise you with something nice, there's that option for you as well. And again, check the link up at uh, our show notes for more information about that. But I think I have a great time. Man, Vegas, 10 night cruise and a couple nights in Miami. That's living right there. That's a great honeymoon, in fact. So enjoy it. And Adam, once you get back and you relax and you catch your breath, let us know how you're cruising and everything went, especially with a honeymoon focus, because I think that's something that a lot of people look for when they're taking a cruise. And lastly, we have one more email, and it's from Curtis. My family and I will be taking not only our first Royal Caribbean cruise, but our first cruise ever. We will leave in July and navigate the seas out of Galveston. After listening to your podcast and reviewing Royal Caribbean's website, I'm looking forward to joining the Crown Anchor Society. My question is this. I am booking two cabins, one for my wife and one for my wife and I, and one for a couple for our children. I'm wondering when they award my points if they will count the nights for both cabins, so I'm paying for both. Look forward to your answer, and I love your podcast and blog. Curtis, this is a very good question, but unfortunately, the answer is they won't. The thing is, so here's how it works. In your mind, I understand the logic, and trust me, I'm actually going through this process on my upcoming Freedom of the Seas cruise. We had one cabin booked, and we were now thinking of expanding to two to give us more room, give the kids more room, give me more room from the kids. (laughs) You get it. Every parent out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. But the thing is, you're paying for two cabins. You're thinking to yourself, well, why am I not getting the crown and anchor points for two cabins? I'm paying for it. What's the difference if I don't stay in it or not? Well, that's the thing. They just credit the way the crown and anchor society works is it looks at how many cruises have you taken. And you, Curtis, will be taking one cruise on this particular cruise you're going on on Navigator. So they'll accrue you, I'm assuming it's seven night cruise. You'll be getting seven points for the cruise. Because you have more than one cabin, well, that's wonderful, and they appreciate your business. You're still only taking one cruise, and that's how they kind of go. It's not based on your stateroom you book, although obviously, if you were in a suite, you would get double points. Or if you were going in a uh, buying a, a cabin for yourself, if you were a solo cruiser, yes, you would then accrue the extra points as well. But the thing is, when we're talking about you just paying for another cabin, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I mean, what happens if? I mean, imagine the situation where. I am feeling quite benevolent, and I say, Curtis, you shall go on a cruise for free, paid by one me, Matt Hotchberg, and I am being, you are the winner of our podcast of the year listener award <laughs> that doesn't exist and will never exist, but you, know, <laughs> you you win it. Here's your free cruise. Should I get the points for it because I paid for it? No, absolutely not. So it's the person who takes the cruise. So you will only be getting seven points for the cruise. That's essentially the logic behind it. And sorry, I know you're going to be paying for 
points that you're not getting, but it's the way it goes these days. So fortunately or unfortunately. So hopefully that answers your question there, Curtis. And thank you for everyone who sent in these wonderful emails. I love them. I love talking Royal Caribbean. And of course, I want to hear from you as well. If you've got something on your mind about Royal Caribbean, let's talk about it together. Whether you're going on a cruise and you're excited about it and you want to share it with us, if you have a question, a comment, uh, maybe you're reading something on royalcaribbeanblog.com, some news story, and you have a comment that you want to share with us, let's bring it up. This is your, the forum is open for all and any concerns, questions, thoughts, and maybe if you just want to say hello, that's cool too. I love that as well. So email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, Matt, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.